I literally broke not my spinal cord, but the bones. You know how like on a skeleton, if you look at the back, there's like that spinal cord. Then it has like yeah. the bones going off to the sides. I literally broke a few of those. Oh my god! What? Yeah. You didn't tell us this this weekend, Dave. What the? F- <laughs> Ricky broke his back. I, I, I told. He's having I too much fun. I told, I told you guys. Spinal. Yeah. So I'm like, you did not. You did not tell us. Yeah. So just been blogging and watching movies and, and, and oh working obviously jeez you know how you broke your back just carrying us on this uh on social media man <laughs> carrying this podcast that's how he broke his back <laughs> let's get all right let's get it let's do this all right all right let's see it <clears throat> this is the drive-in podcast episode 22 take one Hello and welcome to episode number 22 of the Drive-In Podcast. Today, we have The Checkup with Dr. O, breaking down the latest news in the movie industry. We have a review of The Little Things, a new HBO Max movie. And we have our top billing draft of the most anticipated movies of 2021. So buckle up for the 22nd episode of the Drive-In Gentlemen, gentlemen, how are we today? Fantastic. We're living in a winter wonderland right now. Um, no work for me today, luckily. I got a chance to catch up on a few movies after watching Little Things last night. Uh, Flex, how are you doing? You could be better, huh? I'm doing all right. Recovering. I uh, injured my back last week. I uh, had a little stint in you the hospital. broke your back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, for the audience, I'm doing well. I'm walking around. I'm fine. Don't want to over exaggerate it uh yeah just not this is good to get oh, off over exaggerating a broken back <laughs> it's Send good to, prayers to ricky flicks it's good to do flicks this to get my mind dramatic. off it <laughs> but That's yeah unbelievable besides that i'm doing well just came out with the entrepreneur journal i hope you all caught that on the driveinpod.com where i'm going to be reviewing a new entrepreneur like movie every sunday this the first uh part was chef 2014 john favreau and please give that a read every sunday morning i will be releasing a new one so doing well other than the broken back man i'm really sorry to hear that but i'm excited (laughs) to hear about the entrepreneurial journal that's going to be there's actually a surprising amount you know i was just trying to brainstorm a couple movies that you could do while you were saying that i'm like oh my god there's a lot chef Mm -hmm. is a great way to start by the way too that's a feel-good movie yeah, Love feel good movie, movie, a little unique. Not necessarily what people think. People think Wolf of Wall Street or Wall Street, things like that. Chef, very entrepreneurial. Good one to start out with. A little unique. Yeah. Um, you got, you got, I was, was going to say, you have a great scale, too. Like the Wolf of Wall Street scale, <laughs> yeah. like the slap scale. Of, like, I have great movies. Uh, the different, like Jordan Belfort gifts. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think it's the, the readers are really going to love that. Yeah, that, for sure, for that sure. was fun to make so, up. So if you're into business and you're into trading, like uh, many people seem to be these days, uh, go check out the Entrepreneurial <laughs> Journal that uh, Ricky Flicks is publishing on a weekly basis uh, for some of the most entrepreneurial movies. He's breaking it down and he's got a whole scale. Make sure you go check 
out that article on thedriveinpod.com. All right. Well, without further ado, I think it's time for, for some movie news. We've got a lot of stuff to bring to you guys. So let's, uh, let's, let's get checked up. Let's get these news in. Dr. O, check us up. Let's check the audiences up. Nick, you, uh, Nez, you previewed the uh, trading incident, the trading current events, stock trading, multiple movies uh, about these current events. And one is coming from MGM. Uh, so MGM's acquired the book proposal, The Anti-Social Network, from New York Times bestselling author Ben Mesdrick. It tells one of the biggest news stories of the year about a ragtag group of amateur investors, gamers, and internet trolls who brought Wall Street to its knees. Uh, you might recognize Mesrick's work. Uh, he previously wrote The Accidental Billionaires, which was a major influence on the social network, right? Another major film, 2010, David Fincher, How Are You? So, boys, what do, we, what do you think about this first uh, Wall Street bets, GameStop, Reddit movie that is coming out? What a wild sentence. Yeah. I never thought I'd be talking about a GameStop stock Reddit movie, um, but I will say uh, – I think it might be hard to pull off and make it really interesting. Uh, I mean, it is an interesting story, but how do you, how do you make a movie about a bunch of people in quarantine collaborating over Reddit? Is it just going to be a bunch of shots of the screen and people typing? Uh, you're going to have to get really creative here. Uh, another thing I do want to say is that the, um, the power of the internet, man, it's absolutely insane. Mm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not only talking about Reddit traders. I want to say K-pop fans. Have you seen the things, the mountains that they can move for it, for a cause? K-pop fans will just mm-hmm. spam your anybody if with or Lady Gaga. If they want to take over a hashtag, they'll do it. Yeah, you got you got you know Taylor Swift fans that will that will attack when when prompted. Uh, you got Beyonce fans, the Beehive. I mean, the internet when when people come together can actually change. Can they can do a lot. So in terms of what actually happened, I think that's absolutely insane uh we'll see what happens if uh if they get a grip of um of movie twitter and see let's see what what kind of mountains that that uh that movie twitter can move because that's definitely a entire community in itself but uh, as for the movie um i'm a little skeptical i don't know how you can make a movie about a bunch of people posting on reddit to drive up stocks and make it interesting um but that being said you know i wouldn't put it past hollywood yeah i agree with you nez i I think it's going to be interesting what angle they're going to take on it. Honestly, I think the best angle is if they, if they took on or like they focus on the background of the leader of the wall street bets Reddit thread or just a random person in that thread, they focus on someone in that, but I'm afraid that this is just so early because even this week, there's so much left to be, like, there's so much mystery in this situation, in this whole thing that's in, in, that's occurred the past week and a half with GameStop and AMC and Nokia and all these stocks. So it's going to be interesting to see in the future, like any leg, like regulation or legislation that gets passed because of this, which this movie hopefully entails, but it looks like it's not. It's just going to focus on the past week and a half. But it also just shows you how quick people are to make movies on things that are trending on the internet. You saw it with Songbird and Michael Bay with the COVID pandemic. I know Dr. O referenced that in his blog this morning, just how quickly Michael Bay made a movie on the COVID pandemic less than a year out. I forget the exact date that released, but that was a God awful film and a travesty to the industry. So hopefully this isn't that. I agree, man. And uh, I think that, yeah, 
I think that uh, this is going to be a major young person movie. Like we're doing, they're talking about social media presence. Uh, I know Wolf of Wall Street was massive for the young audience. Imagine this one where it's such an emphasis on Twitter, Reddit, and uh, the influence that young stock traders had on the market. I think it's going to be incredible. And then we all have the aspect of like, it's kind of like, where do you find the tone for this movie? Because it's from, it's coming from the writer of the social network, right? Of like the, the writer that wrote the book that inspired the social network. Right. So good, good indication, clarification. Is it going to, is it, is it be a little darker? I think they should go more like big short route, right? So it's like, you I have agree. those asides, like explaining what's going on, especially for a younger audience. And uh, I think it has that potential. And I would love Adam McKay to just step in and say, Hey guys, I got this. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Adam McKay would be great with this. Yeah. All right. And then um, I just wanted to go over the second movie that is coming out relating to the Wall Street bets. Netflix also plans to make a movie centered on the Wall Street fiasco. Uh, Netflix is in talks to make an untitled film that Mark Bull is in negotiations to write. He's the Oscar winning screenwriter of The Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty, both pretty dark films. So once again, we're riding on that same type of tone. And then Noah Centineo is attached to play a major role. Uh, uh, Noah Centineo is actually our role right now. He's set to be a supporting uh, character in Dwayne Johnson's uh, Black Adam movie. And he's in that rom-com series for Netflix. I think to all the boys I've loved before, I think it is. Mm -hmm. To all the girls or boys. Okay, I got it. Um, and then the intention is to use the GameStop episode as a specific way to shine a light on how social media has leveled the playing field and allow the masses to, ch- uh, to challenge status quo gatekeepers for good and bad. So same premise, pretty much. Maybe they're even going to expand that with uh, social media gatekeepers, the power of Twitter, like we were just talking about. What? They're doing another one? They're doing, they're, there's a sequel? Yeah, there's two. There's a sequel? No, I'm yeah. kidding. There's two GameStop. Oh, yeah. There's a sequel. <laughs> there's two games, GameStop reddit movies are, are are you kidding me oh yeah oh my god the world yeah. moves it's just everything moves so fast these days I, I i'm really curious as to what is this gonna be like the year what what when they came out with what was it like friends with benefits and then like train wreck or something like that it was like they came out with i can't remember no strings exactly. attached no strings attached and friends with benefits it came out in the same year now they're doing the same thing it's the same they're running the same story what are they what, what are yeah they, what is going on? <laughs> this one maybe has more of a little bit more uh, relevant uh, plot to it compared to No Strings Attached and Friends with Benefits, but uh, I see what you're saying. It's gonna be it's gonna be like the uh, the Firefest documentary. We're like, oh, you watch the Hulu one? No, the Netflix one's better. And it's like, okay, now <laughs> yeah, I gotta go waste right. an hour of my life watching rip rich people in paint, which actually isn't really a waste of an hour of my life. But um, <laughs> it's it's like the same. It's gonna be we telling the same story. I guess we'll see who does it better. Right. And, but like the tone's going to be similar if you get like based on who's a part of it, which is like, come on, I want someone to like mix it up. I, I guess it's so early to tell. This has happened literally a week ago. And they have two movies planned. It took longer for COVID to happen for, for them to start making all these ideas. It's, yeah. That's banana land, you know? Yeah. I, I, these people will just make a movie about anything. I don't even know. It's, it's crazy, especially Netflix. Right. Oh, yeah. They'll just keep pumping them out. But uh, moving on with the checkup, Ryan Coogler has signed a five-year television deal, television deal with Disney, and will helm a series on Wakanda for Disney+. Plus. Wakanda, home of the Black Panther. The Walt Disney Company has extended its relationship with Black Panther director and co-writer Coogler. Uh, Coogler is working on the Black Panther feature sequel at this point. He's, uh, he was, he's back in the director's chair. He will develop a new television series for the studio uh, on Wakanda, Nez, what do you think about more Ryan Coogler in the MCU? I think this is massive 
and I think it's massive, not only for Ryan Coogler, obviously, like, you know, good for him, good for the MCU. But this is, this is Disney going all in. This is Disney trying to find their Game of Thrones for Disney Plus. Like this, I think they're, like, they're going to create a wow. whole world. They're, this is them trying to find, you know what I mean? This is going to be a series that everybody's going to be heavily invested in. And you know, when you get a series going like that, then you get the merch and you get all these you know, seasons and you, 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 you world build and you create a huge, huge thing. Uh, I'm telling you, this is going to be – this is Disney Plus trying to – uh, get that staple series because not everybody's going to get into WandaVision. Now, you know, not everybody's going to get into these other ones, but the one, you know, one of the most, the highest grossing movies, it was Black Panther. So the fact that they're going to do a series on Wakanda, this is them really trying to get, get a full, like a full audience subscribing. So they're going to stay on for the Mandalorian. They're going to stay on for, 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 um, for the Wakanda series. So I think this is going to be, this is them trying to really get that big, you know, world building, like huge series with Ryan Coogler at the helm. I mean, I think it's very possible too. So uh, I'm Ned, very excited you just, about this. You just Old. piqued my interest so hard when you said Game of Thrones. I'm like, <laughs> wow, that actually might be true. Like, the, what if it was like, a, like, obviously we had the tragic death of Chadwick Boseman. There's mm-hmm. a vacancy in terms of the leader of Wakanda. I'm thinking Game of Thrones dynamics. Who's yes. going to be, uh, it's going to be like a, it's like a balance of power for like the throne. And like, we have those different tribes that are in Wakanda. Oh, That's boy, pretty crazy. Something, man. I think you're on to something. Yeah. What do you think? Like, yeah. And a series like a five, what was that? Five year television series. Like that just allows you to ex- explore Wakanda even more than they have done throughout all the MCU. And especially with the different tribes and, like you get have shifts of power. You have shift the balance of power like in that in those five years. And I think this is great also because you're without your leading star. You're 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 your A lister, the guy that is known for being the Black Panther. So to the after Black Panther two, I I don't think they'll ever do another Black Panther movie. So this is a good way to shift out of the movies and into but staying relevant at the same time and also promoting Disney Plus. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is, like, I wish they just canceled a couple of the Disney Plus shows and then just said mm. we're Oversaturation. doing Wakanda, like, universe, series type of thing. Yes, exactly. And I wrote some notes down for my – I'm going to write a blog on this eventually. But uh, I wasn't as excited. Nez, I honestly, peaked my – like, like skyrocketed my excitement compared to what I had previously because I'm just, like, another Disney Plus show. Like, this is insane. Like, how – So like, many. It's, like, the best the best thing about marvel is that like okay you get those like, thrilling theatrical experiences then you get a little rest and then here comes another one with these shows they're just stacking marvel on top of it and the oversaturation this could be the finale of this superhero era i think with the finale because everything's just stacking yeah i think it's I think like you know like the death by the western you know i think this i think these television shows could signal okay people are just going to be done with it but mm-hmm. if you make the series like with, i think they should absolutely green light that start start production right away on that wakanda series because i i find it way more interesting than a couple of these that have been announced especially at disney investor day mm-hmm. yeah no i agree that's interesting that you mentioned how it might be like the ending of the superhero era and like in 20 years when all these shows finally end because like obviously the past 20 years or the past 25 mcu films have mainly been around like the main marvel characters and now they're kind of going to like the shang chi blades uh, other non-core avengers the non-core mcu characters so once these people these characters run out where do they go from there 
that could signal the end. And that's kind of falls along the same timeline that you're saying. So I actually do see that. Although it sounds crazy at first, I see what you're saying. Now I can comprehend it. It's a scary idea. I'm telling like we, there was people that talked about the end of like the superhero era five years ago. Like, Mm -hmm. like there were those people, but I think this will be the reason it's because of these shows. And there's literally, it's a roller coaster that's never ending. Sometimes you just want to be able to breathe for a sec. You know, yeah. be able to enjoy some other type of content and just not be so invested in only Marvel movies or Marvel projects. So, yeah, yeah makes sense. Uh, we got another Marvel product on the checkup. Talk about oversaturation. But we have scrapped Deadpool 3 plans that were teased by Ryan Reynolds over his Twitter uh, a couple of days ago. So according to Reynolds, Deadpool 3, their plans, they initially had Deadpool and Wolverine going on a road trip together before Fox was purchased by Disney Flicks, where we robbed of an amazing story for Deadpool 3. So I don't believe him. <laughs> like a road trip with Deadpool and Wolverine, like I don't believe that. Do I believe that Wolverine could have showed up in Deadpool 3 out of all the social media interaction and rumors? Yes. Between Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman love each other. That's like clear. And I definitely could see like during the pre Fox uh, acquisition by Disney that this could have happened in the Deadpool franchise. Now it'd be a little tough, but this story, like it just puts so much pressure on Disney to do this. Now like, it might be like a ploy for Ryan Reynolds to say, Hey, like this was what we were going to do. It might not have, you just, like I said, I don't believe him. He's maybe just thrown this out there in the world to say, Hey, like for people like us to talk about it and get the social media like platforms going, spilling out all these rumors about it. And then Disney says, Hey, I think we should do this. Maybe we should have Hugh Jackman come back. So to actually make it happen. I don't know. I'm just saying. That's actually, that's actually hilarious. You say that because I wrote the blog today. I'm like, let's not get rid of this idea completely. Cause yes, I believe that this is a joke too. It's like professional. Like he's a, the best celebrity troll on Twitter. I would say is Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. He's up and, there. It would be amazing his if his intro to the MCU was him doing like uh, a, a nationwide uh, trip where he's just hopping into Winnebago and you have cable driving, you have Domino in the passenger seat, you got Blind Al <laughs> hanging out <laughs> with Deadpool in the back, and they're just going through. They're stopping in New York and they're seeing Doctor Strange and Spider Man. They go they go down to Missouri. Oh, who's in Missouri? It's a uh, well. They go to DC. They got Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They can go. I think Missouri is. Um, uh, uh, Hawkeye and then they eventually go all the way to San Francisco with like Paul Rudd and Ant-Man it'd be a great way for him to see like short interactions with all these characters mm-hmm. and then uh, it's also gonna be cool if we have Cable like Josh Brolin back in the MC uh, back in MCU so uh, yeah not Cable but you know what I mean Josh and Brolin. now you're saying that like introducing other Marvel characters like that would be too much that would just be crazy to do a road trip and introduce yeah I would characters. just cut it down a little but, bit I don't know but I, now Right, but I'm also thinking like other now you got my mind thinking who would Deadpool be good with, like on the screen with? Him and Blade would be unbelievable together. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Blade, like a daywalker, yeah. a daywalker vampire going around the country slash the world, uh just slaying vampires. Similar to Deadpool where he has that recovery time and they're both amazing martial artists and swordsmen. That would be amazing that duo sorry to completely sidetrack this checkup but that mind came through my that came across my mind marshall ali ryan reynolds together on the screen would be wild i like where your head's at i like where your head's at that sounds like a sick story will they do it who knows i don't know uh as for the scrapped uh plot 
I, I, I don't believe him, but I think it's funny. I think he's trolling. I think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. If they did do that, or at least they had like a scene of it, I would love it. They always love to, to poke fun at Wolverine, and I don't think Hugh Jackman minds. It's pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah, I it's... think we've actually seen the last of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, so he was so adamant he wasn't going to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like, and so, yeah. and that, so was Chris Evans though, when he said he was done with, after Avengers Endgame tour. And then what are the news? What's the news we have a couple weeks ago, Chris Evans back as Captain America. So uh, if he is, cause I, there was rumors that um, Disney and Marvel, they wanted Patrick Stewart to actually return as professor X. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't be crazy to see. Um, Logan come back. Return. It's just, he had such a nice talking. ending though. It was it was such a nice conclusion to his story. True. Okay. All right. Well, uh, short little thing here. We don't have to talk much about it, but we got a Matrix 4 title that was leaked. Okay. We have the Matrix Resurrections. Uh, it's set to release December 22nd, 2021 in theaters and on HBO Max in that hybrid um, model that they've set up. Matrix Resur- Resurrections will also feature a lineup of new faces, including Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, Neil Patrick Harris, Priyanka Chopra, and Jonathan Groff. Naz, you pump for some Matrix 4? Oh, you already know I'm excited for some new Matrix. Uh, they're re- re- revitalizing the franchise. Uh, hopefully, they can do it correctly. Um, you know, after the first Matrix, it was kind of like a downhill slope. Uh, but, you know, I'm here. It sounds exciting. Resurrection definitely sounds interesting in terms of a uh, title. But I like the cast. I love their R's. Yeah, they love they their do. R's. They do. Reloaded, yeah. revolutions, resurrection. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. So, um, you know, I, I'm excited for it, but at the same time, I could totally seeing see this being dog poop when it comes out in December. So we'll see. I'm scared because, like, it's not mm-hmm. even like, like Matrix One, awesome movie excellent premise something like the world had never seen before mm-hmm. two and three they kind of just played on the old hits the plot wasn't as good and then we have matrix four coming like uh nearly 20 years later do we really expect the fourth one to be so good when the second and third one were kind of dog poo as you said yeah. but uh but keanu's on an absolute heater in the last like i would mm-hmm. say seven eight years so i'm not going to count him out completely and he's returning to an iconic character so mm-hmm. that's all i got for that one yeah, iconic character. Keanu's on a heater. Yaya is in this movie. I think that kind of hypes me up more than if I if you mm-hmm. take him out of it. It's just like oh, another Matrix movie. Twenty years later, all right. Let's like, what are we doing here? But Young you Morpheus, include, you include him in this uh, up and coming actor that like everything he's been in recently is just hit after hit after hit. I feel like I kind of have like I'm I'm more hyped about it than I was like if you take him out of it. Like just reading the cast off, so. I'm not the name like coming back from the dead who comes back from the dead who's resurrecting you don't know but I'll leave that to the movie I'm more pumped about it just from reading the cast not necessarily the name I saw Nez like pumping his hands in like two syllables and we're just going yeah 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 like the yeah the yeah yeah Torre chant yeah exactly yeah I can't yeah yeah I can't not do it when I hear anybody named Yaya. Uh, last thing before we move on from the checkup, The Matrix is not a superhero movie, and Neo is not a superhero. <clears throat> we did th- we did do a Twitter poll. Flix, it, what were the results at Twitter poll? Barely. Flix has several burner accounts. I don't trust these Twitter polls. <laughs> Neo is a superhero according to Twitter. <laughs> according to your yeah, burner I, accounts? No, it's from our own account, the Driving Pod account. No, no, right. who's voting though? Who's voting? 
all of Ricky's burner accounts. Come on. Oh yeah, all of them. Right through. Yeah, That's all actually. of them. Yep, I have burners and right all of them you. voted superhero. He's a superhero. <sighs> Whatever. All, all right. Them. All ten of them. All ten burners. Okay. That does it for the Only checkup 10? this week. All right. Uh, what's <laughs> that? That does it for the checkup this week. Uh, not that much. So substantial news. We had Ryan Coogler, and then obviously the Wall Street bets. But hopefully, we'll more next week. Nez, I'll throw it back to you for a review of the little things. All right. Thank you, Doctor O. As always, thank you for checking us up. Uh, we have this week's review is of HBO Max's The Little Things, uh, and it's kind of the first of a new, uh, I guess, way for releasing movies where they're streaming, but at the same time, they're in the movie theaters. I mean, it's been like that for a couple months now, but, um, you know, I remember when I went first went to look this up, I saw it uh, playing in local movie theaters, and I was very surprised um, because I was just going to watch it on HBO Max. But um, it's definitely a new new thing. But just to give you guys a quick synopsis, it's basically about uh, Denzel Washington, who's a cop on, uh, I think it's LAPD, right? And he's yep. been on he's he's been on the force for I don't know how many years and he's never been promoted. Uh, they're investigating a the latest killing of for a serial killer who is lo- on the loose in Los Angeles, um, and basically him and Rem- Remy Malik are teaming up to uh, try and track this person down. Uh, so I guess let's just get started here. Um, what are our initial thoughts on on this movie, guys? To start off, when I watched this movie all the way through. I just kept thinking, first off, have I seen this movie before? Because it seems like a mix of different, like, noir detective style movies I've seen. But I thought I just wanted to be Seven so bad. There were so many parallels you could draw with this movie and Seven. Seven is honestly a top 10 movie of all time for me. It might even crack top five. It's just spectacular. You have the old cop, right? Then you got the young hotshot. Then you have, like, the obvious... uh, suspect and the suspect it has like the connection with the young hotshot it felt like i was just like watching a attempted remake at seven the entire time um i thought it was a very big letdown right we did like most anticipated movies as a top billing kind of like as tribute for this one i'm glad that we're doing that top billing once this movie is already released because you got three academy award winners Mm -hmm. in one movie how is this still going to be a stinker that, and that's what this movie was, a stinker. And that just shows you how bad the direction of this movie was and the production of it. So this one, stinker, knee-jerk, knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, I, I wrote down the same thing. Uh, while, while watching this movie, I wrote down a few notes. And the first one is you're expecting a seven, a true detective, Silence of the Lambs, but you just get nothing. You get an uncreative blandness with this movie. And... I thought like my knee-jerk reaction was the same as yours. And with one, arguably the greatest actor of all time, Denzel Washington at the helm, you think, oh, whoa, whoa, arguably, whoa. just wait, wait, whoa, hyperbole or not? Hold on, just hold on. Arguably the greatest actor of all time at the helm of this movie and just a stinker like this, you have to like take a step back and say, all right, well, where's Denzel at in his career? And he's kind of at that point where he's coming out with a lot of these action movies, but he's also come out with a few stinkers as well. Like a few stinkers that like he's had, he has, he's had his own fair share of stinkers. And this one is just another one to add to that, to that uh, resume. Yeah. uh, I don't think this movie was as bad as you guys are kind of saying Uh, what I will say. I thought it had a great buildup. I I thought, I thought it had a great buildup and then uh, you know, not much 
so so I think it's the last act that really kind of ruined it for me because the the build up and kind of trying to figure out what's going on I thought was very interesting and then you know when we came to the climax of the movie it was just like a little underwhelming uh, so I think that was something that that I I didn't like however you know I will say that you know it kind of kept me on my toes for about uh, two thirds of the movie and then the the last third I was just like okay well this this isn't going where I wanted it to go or even expected it. I, I just, I think that they could have pulled it off a lot better. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I love Denzel. So I had the opposite reaction to Dr. O and he said, arguably one of the greatest actors of all time. I, 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 I was just, like, I was yeah. just, I was just, stu- I was, I was stupid. I was stumped. I just did not, <laughs> no, not but expect that statement. I think it comes so I want to talk. Wait, I, was, I want to go over the, like the pace. It. Oh, we're going to, we're going to tell you. Oh, I was going to talk about Denzel. No, well, I wasn't going to talk about Denzel. I was going to talk about the pacing as well, because I was going to rebuke oh, yeah. the fact that the first hour of this movie is enticing. I thought it was way too long, way too long of development, and it needed to get moving a lot quicker. The only suspect in this serial cr- uh, crime thriller isn't shown on the screen for over an until after the hour mark. The only suspect. And like at least with seven, you <laughs> get potential one either. And he's an Academy Award winner. Like, it made no sense why they did that. And I think that this movie just, it led us down, like, with the expectations and the thoughts going into the movie the wrong way. The trailer was just wrong. It shouldn't have portrayed it as a thriller. This was a mental piece between Denzel Washington, the person that he's been 15 years out of the force, compared to Rami Malek, who's basically Denzel 15 years ago. That's what it was. This was a mental piece between Denzel uh, in his prime versus now. And not a thriller. I hated the pacing. I thought it wasn't a thriller at all, as in the pacing. Yeah. It was just very slow. I was going to say, the pacing for like a noir movie is massive. Like You can't have huge lulls in the story, or else you kind of lose the interest of those who are watching. And like these ones, you should be getting like every... like what you're looking left and right and there's always clues coming at you or, or, or there's some type of action happening to kind of keep you in it because you know there's gonna be a major twist at the end or something big that you had to pay attention for this one you lost interest so quick um uh so <laughs> like i watched also chinatown today i watched chinatown today arguably the best noir detective style movie. movie of all time and that one there's literally you can't go five minutes like without something happening it's it's incredible and a lot of it's dialogue it's not even a lot of actual fighting and that's what a, a, you're supposed to get with a noir movie this one didn't really provide that jared leto i thought actually was really good in this movie i like I, I think it's been a while since we actually saw something with jared leto in it or like that was actually good that yeah. was actually good because everyone just thinks of suicide squad and like there's just like they're so succumbed by it they forget the fact that this guy's actually legit right too legit to quit but though we so and i think rami malek in terms of performances he wasn't bad, but he was miscast. I did not believe him at all as a uh, hotshot cop. Like, he was, I thought yeah. he arguably should have been the serial killer. He would have been much better <laughs> yeah. in that role. Like, I, think I thought, he, like, no I thought the die. acting He's... in this I thought the acting in this was actually pretty good. Uh, I thought Denzel did fine. I thought Remy Rami, Rami did fine. Uh, and, and obviously uh, Jared Leto, I thought that they were pretty good. I don't, but I don't think uh, listen, I don't think it's the problem with this movie. I think the, the, the problem is the actual story itself. But Yeah, um, I agree. I definitely agree with that. And I think to play along what you you just spoke about was if I just refer to Denzel here, like what do you think of when you think of Denzel Washington? He's a very emotional actor. You think of his mannerisms, his stare downs, his crying, like Malcolm X mm-hmm. crying, his just 
his mentor slash coach slash like in training day, he's a mentor to Ethan Hawk, and he has that outrage at the end. Or you think of remember the Titans, he's a coach and he's like, fourth quarter, leader. fourth quarter. Yeah, exactly, a leader. And this like <laughs> you didn't have any of the Denzel mannerisms, and the director and writer didn't play to his strengths. So I don't think it's Denzel's fault in this movie. So I agree with you, Nez. Yeah, I, don't I don't think, think Denzel was bad. I, I, like, he wasn't bad. Like, like and I, I think there's also one part of the movie. That I, I think the editing also did not help. Like, the interrogation scene was terrible. terrible. Like, uh, where, like, like there's a part where Denzel asks a question. I think he says, why is that? Like, he asked Jared Leto, why is that? Like, 30 seconds after the last question, you have no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. And then he's also, he pins up Leto against the wall. And him flailing his arms, he looked like an idiot. He that looked like, yeah, like 80 years w- old. That looked like WWE. <laughs> and he's waving his hands. And it's cut up. It almost looks like he repeats the same action. It's like they just messed up and didn't look over it twice. Like, I thought the editing was just piss poor. Yeah, that was a terrible yeah. scene. And that was like a prime Denzel scene to him, like have his emotions get the better of him, which it did, obviously, but just not to his strengths, like I mentioned uh, earlier. So wait, hold on. Just did he throw him up against the wall and attack him because he had a huge, he had a boner? Did I miss that? Is that, is that, did I get I that right? Know wait, that what? Reason, but I think he, they did, they did it. Didn't he, did he say, have, I think did he like, say that? Yeah. I think I just like missed turned that. Turned on by like looking at these things, and I thought that that's why he threw him against the wall. Why did he throw him against the wall? Because he asked him why is that, but I don't even know why. What question he's like referring to, and then like yeah, he I forget wasn't answering. So he like threatened to hit him. I don't oh. know. I, I, I thought, thought he was like, You're, "This guy's like got a. This guy's got." I thought he turned on by it. Yeah, he was getting turned oh, on man. by it. So I thought he like noticed. Damn you know, it! It's I didn't even realize that. the little thing. So you know. Speaking of weird stuff in this movie, so uh, I got to shout out my, one of my best friends, one of my best friends, uh, Sev. Uh, Sev, I call him, but like some of my other friends call him Sev. Yeah. Uh, so he messaged me because he saw that we we're reviewing this movie and he gave me his thoughts on the movie. Got to get him on for a top billing or review on some point. He made a hilarious point. I couldn't agree more. This movie, and I, we made comparisons to Seven. It was just obsessed with showing like naked dead people. Like, yes. Yeah. Showing, like, dead the people. feet, so the feet scene. Like, yeah and then literally it's just like he he texted me he goes like dude did they have to pull like the, the curtain all the way down it's like a person that's been dead for like 10 days like like yeah. why are you pulling it all the way down people don't need to see that that just goes with the fact that they want this to be seven they want to show you like the uncomfortable they want to put you in an uncomfortable situation but it just didn't work for this movie mm-hmm. yeah no i'm with you I thought, like, just like you said, it kind of just wanted to be that like thriller, and it just wasn't like, creative enough. And the ending, I won't spoil it. It tried to be creative, but it was just a terrible ending, and just basically was the that was like a like a, symbol, a symbolism for the entire movie how it, the expectations were so high, and it just wasn't creative enough. It wasn't you didn't get enough intrigue throughout the movie, and it just was slow. And the ending was a perfect representation of that. And then Rami Malek, his character, I wouldn't feel emotionally invested to him at all. Like, I no. Denzel, yeah, I did. Right. Like, 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 Rami yep. Malek, I'm like, why is he, like, grabbing, like, people by, like, the shirt? Like, random people. Why does he care about this? And then you find out, and, like, this, I guess this is kind of a spoiler. Like, he has daughters, so he cares. Like, like what? Like, like, yeah, like, not like, enough. That means everybody else should be, like, that pissed about it. It just didn't make sense, like, why he's being driven to the point of insanity, but then you find out about Denzel's character. You're like, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. I actually have one more question for you guys. Why did Mm -hmm. like, 
Jared Leto have to like? Why did they make him fat in this movie? Like, what was the point of that? Like, what know, was the point of him? The lifestyle he has. They did it so that they could the make time. a headline and say Jared Leto is gaining weight for a film. And <laughs> yeah. Jared Leto like, is going oh, this film is going to be good because Jared Leto is doing things to prepare for it. We've been tricked by this before with Suicide Squad. He sent like True. a dead pig head or something. Yeah, and there's there, and some other... Like they use condoms. Yeah. So maybe it's like, oh, Jared Leto is gaining weight for, for a new role. It's, that means it's going to be a good movie. Newsflash, people, just because an actor is overcommitting to their role or doing all these ridiculous things does not mean that it's the next big thing. It did Clearly. look – it looks fake, though. Denzel, Denzel is having nothing in that. Denzel is going to have none of that on set. Like, there's Denzel will be like, if you throw anything near me, he's like, don't – he probably told – he probably told his agent, Leto's agent, just stay away from me. Let me do my job. Just Unless the camera's on, on stay I away. I can't believe Leto did something – did that ridiculous stuff to be featured in a movie for less than five minutes. That's just – it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> now I understand why he was so mad that he wasn't in the movie. He's like, dude, I did like some of the most effed up sh- stuff and I'm not even in the movie. Like, what is yeah. that? that? That's absurd. That's absurd. To say something good oh, about man. this movie, I thought the score and the music wasn't terrible. I didn't think yes. that was that bad. Yes. And also the neo-noir film that it is in LA, interpreting, interpreting LA. I thought the cinematography and the, the actual setting, like with like where Jared Jer- Leto lives and I thought that wasn't that bad either. I didn't think it was terrible. So I thought the score, was, the music, and the cinematography wasn't terrible in this. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't even realize that it was L.A. until they were, like, mentioning it over and over again. Because I thought I was in, I was in like, rural Kansas for half mm-hmm. the movie. Oh, I didn't understand. Really? I guess I'm talking about where the prostitutes yeah. are, like, in the city. Oh, well, you know? yeah, so actually, as the movie pro- progressed, but at the beginning, I'm like, wow, there's some, this a small-town cop is solving a serial uh, Oh, serial okay. And, and then, like, they're like, LAPD or whatever. I was like, oh, crap, wait, what? This is, this is L.A.? Like, so it took <laughs> some time for me to understand. So, yes, after mm-hmm. some, some, like, seeing the setting more, but even still, like, it's, you know, it's not, like, big city L.A. like I envision it, you know? I guess these are the outskirts, but still. It was definitely interesting in terms of setting that they chose to frame it that way because it kind of at the beginning just gave me the feel of like a small town cop investigating a string of murders. Yeah. And it turns out it's L.A., which is not a small town whatsoever. Yeah, it was showing you a different side of L.A., the dark side of L.A., it seemed like. Yeah, right. And I just want to build upon the setting really quick. Talk about the time period. I thought the plot 100% took advantage of the 1990s. Like if this was set like – 2000 on you can't get away with this you can't get away with the writing it's just i think i think that is a sign of weak writing in terms of that aspect because like they relied on pay phones for a lot of it for like mm-hmm. like if like someone was mm-hmm. in a different location if you had a cell phone or you like you just had a remote phone you were fine like you just it was so reliable in that aspect that kind of drove me nuts but i was like come on think of something a little more creative don't do it twice don't do it three times they still did yes but i kind of like this no more 80s nostalgia. It's way oversaturated. Bring me my 90s nostalgia, Hollywood. I want, but, I want those. Yeah. I want 90s movies set in the 90s. Yeah. Everything's, everything's 80s nostalgia nowadays. It One got nice so blown up. Let's, let's move forward as we progress and let's go up to the 90s because the 90s deserve a little bit of nostalgia too, coming from a 90s kid. You're here. Boom. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, so yeah. before I go, before we go around and we do uh, scores, 
I guess we should. Uh, I do want to say one thing and just one more comment on Denzel. Um, I think Denzel's just kind of in it for the paycheck at this point. I think he's just kind of like doing, I don't think he cares to make like sick movies. Uh, I, his son is getting more, I think, Hollywood buzz and putting out better movies. than Crossover in the future. At this moment. Co-stars. Th- what, have they done that yet? I feel Not like they yet. should. Yeah, they should. Not yet. But be done. Denzel. Denzel might need his son to like help him like boost up his uh, recent, recent, recent title. I'm telling you. you know? yeah. like, okay. So, all right. I know I kind of like bashed on Denzel. Him. He's... I kind of bashed on him earlier saying Dude, like he said, said he was the greatest actor of all time. One of, one of, I didn't say the greatest, but all right. If we look down his oh, past said, 10 arguably, years, actually. Yeah, arguably. He's been arguably but, the greatest. Arguably. That. All right, fine. He's arguably the greatest actor of all time. What do you mean? That's well, I'm not hesitant to say that, but all right. He's come out with the Equalizer 1 and 2, right? Book of Eli, Two Guns with Mark Wahlberg, Safe House with Ryan Reynolds, like all these paycheck movies. And this seems like he wanted to do more with this one with two other Academy Award winners and a neo-noir crime thrower, but it just didn't happen. But I won't disregard him saying he's out entirely because like he came out with Flight, Oscar-nominated performance. Roman J.S. Fences, Fences, Fences in 2016, right. Fences. I think. Uh, and he was nominated for that as well. And he was mad he didn't win that time. Uh, he came out with Roman J. Israel, or Esquire, in 2018, nominated. That was a, bo- that was a bogus nomination. I agree. That I agree. But I agree. But I'm just saying, like, he's still, like, when he wants to turn it on, he can turn it on. But he needs, the, he needs help from, and not this, from the director and writing. And this movie did not even come close to helping him out with that. Yeah, yeah. And also when it comes to Fences, Fences was a critically acclaimed, highly awarded play. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he just walked into that role mm-hmm. because – uh, his play background he Denzel with with Viola Davis too yeah exactly yeah. so so I mean not to put not to put an asterisk asterisk on it but you know that that was already a well I'm talking about picking like a, a movie and like reading a script and being like this is the one this is going to be good I think he's like I don't know his taste is, is a little off or maybe he's just kind of like he's just pumping him out at the moment um, but like I said I think yeah if we do a little if they did a little crossover John David Washington and uh, Denzel I would love to see it trust me I've seen so many Denzel yeah. movies that's my Dad's second favorite actor behind D- Jason Statham. It's a weird, it's a weird <laughs> it's top five. It's a hell of a wow. one-two. It's a hell of a one-two punch. <laughs> Imagine when they release a movie with Jason Statham and Denzel. I don't think they'll do that. Ever. We'll have to go review a that with your too. dad. Yeah, sure. We can do that. We can do that. Uh, all right. So let's go around the table here. Let's go with scores. I'm going to shoot it over to Dr. O. Score for the little. So I'm going I, to – I, I think I'm also – my score is kind of driven also by the fact I just saw the greatest detective movie maybe of all time. Uh, and so I'm just comparing like, what does it take to make a good detective movie? This is a 38 out of a hundred for me. Um, the acting Damn. is fine. I think Rami Malek is miscast. I, know, I think he's still a great actor. Um, and I think Jared Leto was great, as I said before, but I think it's just, it just says a lot about the filmmaking that you have these three actors who are Academy Award winners, yet you can't build around them. So it kind of just shows you the importance of editing, the importance of the director have, holding the reins, making take, being in control of the story. I think that this movie was a major failure in that aspect. So I'm going 38 out of 100. Yeah, no, I, I think this is a good movie for like a Saturday night just to throw something on. But this isn't a good thrower. This isn't creative. It's bland. And like I said, Den- it's still Denzel, so you're going to see it. He's staying relevant, and you got to watch him. But this is a 38, uh, uh, 36 out of 100. Sorry, 36 out of 100 from Ricky Flicks here. Just not the greatest. Not, not what, we, what we expected or wanted here. 
Yeah. I have no problem if you pick the same score. No, I just you just said thirty eight. I would have came at him. I would have yeah. came at him. <laughs> but that's not the reason. <laughs> that's not the reason. I always write down my score beforehand so I don't have to so I could have like written paper evidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Because we've called you out before. Um, I'm going with for the score for this movie. I'm going with uh, a 60. I don't think it's as bad as you guys think it is. Uh, I, I don't have that kind of bias uh, that date that Dr. O has from watching a, the greatest detective movie right right after or right before. Um, I thought it was that is unfair. However, I will say, you know, the most suspenseful scene, the, the part that had me on the edge of my seat was the first scene of the movie. And then after that, I wasn't really, you know, thrilled in a thriller. <laughs> so um 60 out of 100 uh it's okay it's not great probably wouldn't watch again but definitely you know i'd say it was worth my time only once you gotta see denzel you gotta <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta i gotta give it i got it was kind of it was kind of bold with its ending uh, i i think it was kind of like okay like we're doing something mm-hmm. a little different like trying to dip, like separate itself um but i don't think it really earned its twist where it's like you had that suspense that was built in that first hour going into Leto and like developing him. I just, it just didn't earn the twist where you're just like, it makes you gasp when you see it. It just makes you kind of go like, what the hell, you know? Yeah. It also makes you scream at the TV. Like, what are you doing? You could fix like, also it's like, it is a very fixable problem. Why are you going about it this way? But it's okay. It's all, it's, it's, it's all right. It's okay. It's a 60 out for me. It's six, all right, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Respect. All right. Well, that that will wrap up our review of the little things. You guys can check it out in theaters or on HBO Max. It is time for our marquee matchup of the evening. Sending it over to Ricky Flicks for top billing. It's time. <laughs> Yes, it is. It is time for today's top billing, which is inspired by the new year of 2021 and finally getting some theatrical releases like the little things. We have the top billing of most anticipated movies of 2021. So we are drafting movies that are coming out this year or expected to, I should say. And once a movie is picked, it is off the board. No repeats allowed. But before we get started, do we have any questions from you two? It seems like Nez is getting hyped up, ready. I'm ready to go, baby. Let's go. All right. So we have, we are now ready to get into it. We have determined the draft order in advanced. And the first pick today goes to Nez. Second pick goes to me, Ricky Flicks. And third pick goes to Dr. Rowe. And it's a snake draft. So Dr. Rowe have the third and fourth. And it'll go back to me and so on. If you, recurring listeners, you understand. New listeners, welcome and get ready. So, Nez, off to you for the first pick of top billing of most anticipated movies of 2021. This is easy. This is chalk. This is Trevor Lawrence. This is Andrew Luck. I mean, my first, my most anticipated movie of 2021 is obviously Dune. I'm picking that one. First okay. Overall, that's going to that's gonna be, that's going to be, that's the movie of the year. Dr. O is giving me a stare down right now. It was very intimidating, but. Um, no, I have no problem with that. Yeah, no, Dune, Dune. That's my that's my first pick of of the year. I mean, come on, it's going it's it's going to be the best movie that comes out this entire year. It's going to get hit with Oscar noms like crazy. It's got the it's got the absolute best cast out of any of these other movies, perhaps. Uh, and yeah, that's got it's easily my first pick. Start of a new this franchise. Most anticipated twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is my most anticipated for twenty twenty. 
Um, I know you guys had Tenet for 2020. Mine was Dune. Uh, so it's just like this. Just this would have been mine as well. It's just it was an absolute layup, number one pick, and it's it's gonna be. So it's going to be something to see. And you see the pushback from Denny Bill and Aueva to make sure this comes out in theaters. It tells mm-hmm. you the spectacle this is going to be. Oh, yeah. And the fact that it was delayed a whole year, they need that opening. It tells me this is, good. This is also not just a franchise starter. It's also going to be an awards contender. Give me this cast. Give me Denny Bill and Aueva. Let's go. So uh, now it's my pick, but just to go on, that was my number two on my big board, actually. So I'm not with you guys oh, with the Trevor wow. Lawrence. Because what? I think the clear number one for anybody that likes superheroes is Spider Man Three. Whoa, whoa, oh whoa! Spider Man, like I'm shocked. Yeah, I, like this is a first rounder to the max. To me, one one overall. If you're a superhero fan like myself, and Spider Man is near and dear to my heart, I am hoping Tobey Maguire comes in. He's not official, but it seems like Andrew Garfield is on. Doc Ock coming back. Jamie Fox coming back. Like there's. This cast is unbelievable, for, and also for a superhero and connect to the other universe, Spider-Man universe. I cannot wait for this movie. Tom Holland's gonna fi- like what is what's gonna happen with Tom Holland's Spider-Man because at the end of Spider-Man: Far From Home, you saw what happened with Mysterio. Like Spider-Man Three for me is the most anticipated movie of 2021, and it's at the end of the year around Christmas time, so we have a long time to wait. Just knowing Ricky Flex, I thought you were going to go something else. I know. I, I was going to be able to take this with the third one. I was going to go like I was going to go uh, superhero movie or blockbuster, and then like awesome movie, you know, or drama or whatever. But this is a great pick. I just didn't see a comment from Ricky Flex. I thought I, I thought I knew you better, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think you. I think I, I'm disappointed. I didn't pick one that I think you like that you're thinking of, and it hurts me. But this is just my heart, like. I had to pick this. This is debatably your heart because this is also, I don't know. It's like you put Spider-Man on the graphic. What are people going to vote for? Now, well, what do you think about if this? you put the your... movie here. Oh, what? Gonna... They're, gonna they're, they're voting for. Dude. Yeah. They're yeah, voting for your know, next man. one. Cause Spider-Man. I know your next Spider-Man. one. I know your next one, Dr. Yeah. O. And that's a pander. Yes, I know like, mine. Cause when I'm going to make this graphic, don't I know. Don't look up as a pander. Don't look up as a pander. Yes. Did you know? Don't look up. Yes, because that's the one you thought Spider-Man I was going to pick. About four, three or four times. No, well, Leo's my guy. I was going to get Spider-Man three with a third pick. He's not your guy because you didn't pick him. He's my guy now. I've absolutely robbed you of no, Leo because he. Okay? So I get Leo. No. I get Chris Evans. All I get right, Kate order Blanchett, in the court. I get Meryl Streep. I get Jennifer Lawrence. Like, you know, not Kate Blanchett. I don't. I don't think actually she might be in this movie because the cast is so. Oh, Ariana big. Grande, but, Jonah Hill. Oh my God, hey, Cody. Me- Ooh, maybe this has the best cast. Maybe I misspoke about Dune. There's a lot of good casts out there this year. This is the best on-paper cast that's ever been assembled. Any movie ever. Chalamet. The Departed that includes Ocean's Eleven. Chalamet's also in it. It's it's insane. There's never been a better cast. And who's at the helm? Adam McKay. Someone that was brought up earlier in the podcast. Give me this movie. I thought Ricky Fox was going to take it. Happily put it on my big board number, uh, my first round pick. I just came up with the wildest idea, and you guys let me know what you think about this making a movie fantasy league where you can pick movies at the beginning of each year and whichever whichever grosses the most you it like literally counts as points or you can pick an actor or something like that and and whoever's movies gross the most i was thinking rotten tomato score oh imdb IMDb, metacritic oh my god yeah i think like obviously the box office Okay, look, guys, let's trademark this quick. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll, fantasy yep. league. 
I'll have to create, I'll have to create something. Okay, Coding. That's a great idea. All right. I'm sorry about that, but I had to, uh, that just came to me like an epiphany, wow. but let's keep going. That's really good. Okay. So since I got my, like, I don't know. This is it's what when is this coming out? By the way, no, uh, don't look up. Is that August, September? It's, it's most it's not. It's not. Uh, it's most not, likely October ish, right but it's TBD. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay, I was curious about that. So I'm gonna go with more of a. Well, what am I gonna do? Hmm. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm gonna go. No time to die. As my uh, James Bond, Daniel Craig's final run on the Armist. How are you? Um, we're going Rami Malik. Hopefully a better performance than he got in the little things. Although he wasn't bad, but I'm hoping something stellar, <laughs> right? When we get to uh, No Time to Die, Jeffrey Wright, give me a cameo every every Daniel Craig movie. No Time to Die is my second round pick. All right. Yeah, I can't blame you there. Oh, this is why I'm now nervous. I can go, oh, man, I don't want to go back to back superheroes here. You're going to go double block, double block, <laughs> double it is, it's my number four on my big board, but I just, I, I feel like you guys are going to kill me. Take it. Take it. Thank You're going to kill me. Take it. Take it. No, I'm not. I'm not. I know I'm scrambling. Just now. do it. Just go. Just do it. Against the clock. I know, I know. Uh, you know what? I, I can't do it. Take it, take it, take it. I'm going to go, don't worry, darling. I just watched Booksmart the other day, Olivia, Olivia Wilde uh, feature film that came out recently. Unbelievable film, unbelievable. And this one, you're going to have Harry Styles. You're seeing all these set photos. Florence Pugh, like these set photos are getting everyone hyped up for this movie. I feel like it's a little overhyped, to be honest, and it's getting me a little nervous. But it's still like, I think... Just watching Booksmart, that was a masterpiece. Uh, I think that really portrayed high school uh, better than any other movie I've ever seen, really. Even, that includes Lady Bird, which I wrote a blog about uh, earlier last year. But no, Don't Worry, Darling just so, has so much hype around it. I just gotta, I'm jumping on the train with this draft. That's going to be my second-round pick. It's a good, it's a good pick. Uh, I'm, more anticipa- I'm highly anticipating it because I'm not sold on Harry Styles. Everyone's like, everyone loves this dude. I love him as a rock star, but I don't, I don't, I don't trust him as an actor yet. The people love him in Dunkirk. I'm like, dude, he didn't do anything in Dunkirk. Like you, you're giving him way too much props. Like I could have played his part in Dunkirk. Like it's not that impressive. I agree. So uh, I want to see, and, and then it's kind of interesting with the celebrity, the celebrity dynamic too, in terms of Olivia Wilde, like dating Harry Styles. And they're like yeah. a 12 year, like age difference. It's kind of like interesting to see how that's going to play out. Chris Pine also in this movie. I love anything with Chris Pine. So good pick. Love Harry Styles. He can do anything he wants. He's going he's gonna to crush it. Mm. Big fan. Um, I have no reason to doubt him. All right. Wait, so does it go to me now? Yeah, you got two picks. I can't believe this. I, wow. Okay. I can't believe it. This made it all the way around. Yeah. I'm going with Judas and the Black Messiah. That, that's, <sighs> that's, my, that's my second, my second pick. Um, <laughs> it, it, the Black Panther Party, great historical context, especially after the year we've had. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to uh, kind of revisit this. Also, I just want to say uh, Lakeith Stanfield probably one of, he's like one of my favorite actors out Love right him. now. Everything mm-hmm. he touches, every role that he's Underrated. In, he absolutely kills it. Like he is Love him. like one of my favorite actors going right now. Uh, so the fact that he's in this, I think is going to elevate this movie so much. Like he can be funny he can be intense he can be like you know he he covers everything he's an incredible incredible actor and i think he's really going to help carry this movie home it's a good pick yeah i mean i like i like he stanfield's a man 
I like him in pretty much everything he does. Uh, and people forget that he played Snoop Dogg. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was a great Snoop Dogg. He looked just like him. I'm like, yeah. is that, did they DH Snoop Dogg? But mm-hmm. no, he was great as Snoop Dogg. Uh, yeah. I'm excited. I like. The, I'm excited to see that scene where he's running on the car in the trailer. Oh yeah. Yes. I'm talking yeah. about. And then, uh, then you got Daniel Kaluuya just being an like an awesome fresh yeah. Hampton who's just like not here, not here. I don't even know what he's yelling. But I forgot what he's saying. You just feel it. Like, I'm excited for his performance in this too. Yeah, him and also Jesse Plemons is in this. Like, I- I'm I'm hyped for this movie too. I think it's a good pick. I think it's a good pick. Mm-hmm. And all right, back to uh, you so again. I, I get so I get another one, huh? Hmm. Maybe do I go back to the blockies, perhaps? So I go back to the blockies. Back to I the think blockies. I'm gonna have to go with it. I'm I'm gonna have to do it. Um, Space Jam two. Wow, <laughs> not what I expected. Okay. I was I was gonna go another direction, and then I saw it on my big board. I was like, I gotta go with Space Jam two before somebody else uh, uh, snatches that up. I mean, come on. Space Jam 1 was iconic. I still watch it to this day. It's amazing. Uh, now with all these, you know, additional, all the CGI, all the things that they can do with it, uh, I think it might end up being good. And I hate LeBron. Uh, that's how <laughs> you know. But I, I hate LeBron, but I love Space Jam. So the fact that I'm even picking this just shows how committed I am to that franchise. So wow. are you rooting for, like, the Monstars or whoever the villains are this time? Yeah, well, knowing LeBron, he's gonna he's gonna have he's gonna choke unless he has you know three superstars to help him out or something. <laughs> Dude, so I've heard Bill Murray coming out of the woodworks. I've, I've I've heard some wild rumors to this movie, like who's gonna be appearing, and they're gonna do like apparently different Warner Brothers characters. I think we might have talked about it on this podcast yeah, before, we did. like Har- like Harley Quinn or Joker might show up, and I think Godzilla might show up or Kong might show up. So, like I I I think. People are dismissing this because of the love they have for the first Space Jam. And people exactly. are like, oh, they don't want to say it's better. And then they hate LeBron so much. But, dude, this could be sick. This could be sick. Ryan Coogler involved. If he's involved, you can't dismiss it. Absolutely. Wow. I'm still All right. taken aback because I was debating between a superhero movie and Don't Worry Darling for my second round because I was being nice and giving Nez – a movie I thought he was gonna pick. Nice. I'm not his a favorite director, like you. No, your favorite director, Edgar Wright, last night in Soho. I, I was. Oh my god, I forgot about. I, I thought oh, for no. sure it was no, gonna be one of your so first three picks. This pick. So I, I'm taking. Oh yes, I'm not god. teasing picks. I'm taking it. It would have been my second round pick. I'm getting it in the third round. I missed that completely. I'm getting it in the third round. I'm gonna take it. It would have been my second pick, but I was trying to be nice. But like Edgar Wright, like you said, Ness's favorite uh, director. This is. An upcoming psychological horror film, uh, October 22nd of this year. Anya Taylor-Joy, who just is coming off of Emma. She might get uh, nominated for an award for that. I know that came out almost a year ago, uh, last February, so no one remembers that. But she was great in that. And she just came out with Queen's Gambit, which everybody loves. Over 66 million uh, people have watched. So give me this psychological thriller based uh, out of London. I feel like this is just going to be insane to watch. Edgar Wright coming back from Baby Driver. By the way, Baby Driver 2's uh, script just uh, finished up, allegedly. So give me this movie, Last Night in Soho, for my third pick. Not, I didn't even put it on my big board. I'm so upset. I'm shocked. I don't know how, I, don't know oh how I even missed this. I don't know how I even missed this. I have to stop putting my big board together with 10 minutes to spare because I need to really <laughs> think in depth about this. I can't believe I missed the Edgar, the Edgar Wright film. What's wrong with me? It's my favorite director. You're right. It's insane. I'm going to put myself in timeout. 
in like I, I I was in shock that Nez didn't take a Space Jam, Edgar Wright, the the guy who suggests that we're going to review Scott Pilgrim vs. the World takes LeBron James, who he hates. <laughs> he took somebody else. Mixed his pick, and then instead of the one he actually loves, it just just it just goes to in, like draft board research in depth. What are we doing beforehand? You know, yeah. I, you got to question the management team going on and team Nez. <laughs> Off to you, Doctor O. Your pick. Okay, so there's a lot of movies on the board because this is a whole year of movies and everything got pushed back. But what do I, I, have no, I don't look up. I got no time to die. I got my like awards contender. I got my blockbuster. I, can, I'm, I got a lot of room to move here. I'm going to go with Eternals. We're going with Eternals. Uh, the most yep. anticipated uh, Marvel movie of the year for me, Marvel Project. We get Chloe Zhao, who directed Nomadland. She's staring down a Best Picture winner, uh, potentially, and a Best uh, Director win, potentially. So I think I'm really excited. And Kevin, Kevin Feige recently said that the, her pitch for Eternals is the best pitch he's ever heard. And this is coming from a group of heroes that are really um, not familiar with the mainstream MCU fans. The, the cast is incredible. We've gone over it before. We're, we're got, we got the reu- uh, reunion of Kid Harrington, uh, Richard Madden, uh, we got Angelina Jolie, we got Salma Hayek, the list goes on, and we possibly have the arrival and or cameo of a young Thanos. So I'm taking this. I get Jack Camille Nanjiani, and it's my third round pick. I'm going Eternals. Yeah, that was the yeah. one I was debating with, and I didn't want to pick two superheroes within my list. So great pick. Did you get Kit Harrington in there too? His his big return too. I mean, oh yeah. Well, I, t- I said I him, him and uh, yeah, oh, the return wow. of uh, the North, the, the kings. Mm-hmm. Of, not, oh yeah, the kings of the North. Yeah, the king of the North. Yeah. No, I'm excited. I, I I wish him the best because I know he struggled in the past couple of years uh, with personal issues. So I hope his career really starts to take off, and True. this is kind of a launch pad for him. Great pick. Okay. I, I, I could go with the one that I know a lot of people like, but the one I'm more excited for, I'm not going to tease it, but I'm going to go with Robert Eggers, the Northman. Okay. That's going to be my, my fourth pick. Uh, Robert Eggers is coming off the lighthouse. He did the witch. He's still a very young director. Ricky flicks brought up Anya Taylor joy. She's the star of this film. We got a Viking revenge film. I, forget, I think it's like set in the 10th century or something like yeah, that. 10th century. Cast is insane. You got Alexander Skarsgård, uh, Bill Skarsgård. You got the brothers going at it. You got Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke, incredible cast, an acclaimed director. Pretty much everything he touches is an awards contender or turns to gold. Master of cinematography. We're getting him with this Viking setting in the 10th century. It's going to look incredible on screen. And I think this is going to be where people finally recognize Robert Eggers as like almost mainstream. You know, he's, yes. it's like he's one of those directors he will never do. He will never do a blockbuster, but he's going to become so good that everyone will still know who he is, even though he doesn't do that blockbuster. So the Northman, my fourth round pick. Yeah, he's like one of A24's guys. Like the lighthouse, like he's he's one of their guys, one of their oh, stars yeah. and like directors, uh, directorial stars and this is going to be the one I think with this cast that's going to confirm like you said, like he's he's one of the best directors going right now. And I agree with you. I think this is going to be awesome. For people that aren't into the, the Vikings is almost a nas- a masterpiece. Right. I think people that aren't into like Vikings or like similar like some people just aren't into Lord of the Rings and medieval times. Some people just aren't into the Vikings might not love this, but they'll still watch it because this cast is just awesome. So, I think it's a good pick. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited, man. I, yeah, I, like I know. This list is it's getting me goosebumps. I can't wait for this year. Um 
but it's up to me and I, I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to go an action movie or, uh, or a superhero movie, but I want to, but I'm not going to, I'm going to go with no sudden move, no sudden move. So this is a crime drama thrower, Soderbergh, Steven Soderbergh's directing it. Okay. And I'll just read off. Uh, I don't, is, I don't think so. Uh, I don't oh, think so. Oh, okay. No, Sorry but this that. is basically Didn't similar to uh, an Ocean's Eleven. Okay, so I'll just read you this synopsis because I don't know why no one's talking about this. Okay, so it's a group of criminals that are brought together under mysterious circumstances and have worked together to uncover what's really going on when their simple job turns uh, like sideways. It goes completely wrong. Okay, so it's kind of like a mix of Ocean's Eleven and the Usual Suspects with Soderbergh at the helm and this cast. Includes Matt Damon, Brendan Fraser, John Hamm, Benicio del Toro, David Harbour, Noah Jupe, who is in, um, who stars in uh, Honey Boy with Shia LaBeouf, Kieran Culkin, Ray Liotta, Don Cheadle, and there's a rumor that George Clooney is going to be in this as well. So it's like a mix of Ocean's Eleven and The Usual Suspects, and with that cast, not just the synopsis. So those two movies are some of my favorite movies of all time, and it's like a mix of the two. I can't wait for this movie. No sudden move. Remember that title. Nez, wow. David Harbour, your boy. That's my guy. That's my guy, man. I, I, I got two of your guys. Have, I, I should have like a power rankings of, of, of my favorites, of all my favorites. Who's the other one that you got? Edgar Wright. Oh, yeah. Well, Edgar Wright. Yeah, okay, yeah. Edgar Wright's my guy. But in terms of actors, like some of my favorites is, you know, Lakeith Stanfield, um, mm-hmm. uh David Harbour and, and John Hamm. Like, those are all some of my favorites right there. Like, those, there's the Holy homies. Trinity. Yeah, the Holy <laughs> Trinity. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, no, no, great, great pick. Uh, Flicks, you got some, some, some great stuff on, on, your, uh, on, your, on, yeah. your big, on your draft board here. Uh, let's see how it does in the graphics. Uh, moving on to my pick, I'm going with Suicide Squad. <laughs> great pick. Suicide, suicide squad. squad the suicide squad by james gunn he's gonna do the franchise right hopefully maybe i don't know i had my hopes up last time uh but let's just go with it it's gonna be a great movie because because james gunn has put his golden magic fingers onto this franchise so so we'll see how it goes i'm, I'm excited about it i'm anticipating it more than anything so we'll see I'm ready for the Suicide Squad. I'm ready for DC to break my heart again. I got no problem rooting for this movie. I love James Gunn. I'm excited to watch John Cena in this, just from the, the short clips HBO has been putting out. I'm a big Idris Elba guy. I know Ricky Flicks took him and the actors we want to hang out with, but uh, I wish right. I did because the guy's an absolute electric actor and DJ. Now, what a duo, huh? Mm. But Great pick. Uh, it, I was, it, was, it was between Eternals and the Suicide Squad for me, so I like it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah no, I'm, I'm excited for it. James Gunn's a funny guy. Hopefully they do a John Cena joke in it. Great Let's Twitter see. follower. Friend of the pod. Oh, yeah, friend of the pod. Um, and so my next pick is going to be for A Quiet Place 2 because it's got to follow it up. You know I love the thrillers. You know I love the spooky movies. Um, and I'm hoping that they can follow up on their epic initial movie with – another great movie i think the premise is great uh in a quiet place and yeah i think uh i think they're gonna pull it off with number two so i'm anticipating it very deeply yeah that, i think your pick place, hinges on what people think whether they're excited for it as in this this first one was so electric or people might say like me no john krasinski i know he's still directing and writing but he's not actually in the movie 
I kind of have my doubts about it personally. So I think it's, it depends which side of the argument you're on. Dr. O, like, which one are you on? It all depends. Who, like we, John Krasinski, amazing writer, great part of the first movie. But who's a better actor, John Krasinski or Cillian Murphy? Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, in Cillian Murphy boat there. Is it Cillian like, or Killian? I, I think he is a better actor. As, I, it I might be Killian. It's, it's, I thought it's, it was it's, Killian. It's, but, yeah, but it's a C, not a K. It's so it's like Murphy. really I know it gets. So yeah, like yeah, yeah. Always just assume that one. I know we got to get that right. So that's on me. But John Krasinski. Awesome filmmaker. I'm I'm actually interested to see how he's going to like sculpt this sequel, this part two, especially with the baby aspect, the newborn, and everything like that. So <laughs> we got they got Ned sculpting in the background, you know, chiseling away. But I'm I am excited for this movie too because I think people are underestimating how good it could be based on the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Real. me, I am. Yeah, so good pick. Good, good fifth round pick to round so, out wait, your wait, draft. So, so Flix, wait, wait, wait. Flix, you're like, what are you? What side are you choosing? Did you no, say I, I, I don't think. Oh, oh, actor wise. Oh, I think Killian Murphy's a better actor for sure. But I think it's yeah. it also because he has a deeper resume and he's had more opportunities where John Krasinski has been, he's known as Jim still. And he's been in John Ryan and Amazon Prime series. That's okay. And he's been in, like, It's Complicated or whatever that movie is with Alec Baldwin. I forget what his name is. Jack Ryan. He's had some opportunities now. He, he's, he's getting them now. For a bit. Okay, well, that proves – I'm with you, Killian Murphy. Okay, so my final pick – so I was accused of pandering my first three picks – or my first pick. And my first three picks are all, like, mainstream, like, tier one hype on the internet. But my last two, no sudden move, no one's really talked about, which is criminal, literally with the movie. And also this one, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Okay, this one starring Pedro Pascal, Nick Cage. And let me just read you the synopsis here, folks. A cash-strapped Nicolas Cage, so he's playing himself, agrees to make a paid appearance at a billionaire superfan's birthday party, but is really an informant for the CIA since the billionaire fan... Pedro Pascal is a drug kingpin and gets cast in the Tarantino movie. Also, Neil Patrick Harris is in this, and I like ever since Gone Girl, I've always and I, I just want to see more of Neil Patrick Harris. He's also going to be in another one uh, that we mentioned earlier with um, was it? Uh, I forget which movie. Someone mentioned it earlier, but I can't Matrix wait for this four. movie. I'm a huge Nick Cage guy. Matrix. Matrix sorry, thank you. Uh, I'm a huge Nick Cage guy. A huge, 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 huge Nick Cage guy. When he wants to turn it on, he turns it on. And even when he doesn't, he's much watch. And this premise of him playing himself and with Pedro Pascal, who's really popular right now from The Mandalorian and Wonder Woman 1984, I can't wait to see this movie. I'm, this is a very personal pick for me, but it's one that I had to have. That's why I knew either of you probably wouldn't have picked it. I got it in the last round. You know, he will, he, you know, after this movie's released, he will star in a Tarantino movie. Yeah, like it's gonna happen. His probably Tarantino's last. He'll have a role in one. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think he'll have a role because Tarantino's known for resurrecting actors' careers. So we can't just mm. we can't really say Nick, Nick Cage has had a good last fifteen years. You know that not like and if you're asking, yes, that you had National Treasure debut in 04. So yes, fifteen years. It's been terrible. Uh, and he was Mandy. Mandy wasn't that bad, but uh, I uh, that's a great pick, Flex under the radar. Mm-hmm. My rule is that if you have to read the synopsis on your top billing, then the movie 
might not be uh, worth voting for, but that's yeah. Just, you know. I, I I might I might lose this one pretty bad on the graphic, but you know what? This is most anticipated, and I think besides not getting Dune and not getting Don't Look Up, I think I love my board. Besides those, not getting those two, but those were first round picks, and I only have one first round pick. Hey, I made I made some mistakes too. It's okay. I think I'm more excited for the uh, Nicolas Cage Chuck E. Cheese thriller murderer movie. Dude, yes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that's not my big. Tweeted one. from the yeah, we tweeted that one. Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, Doctor Rowe, your last pick to round out this draft, Mister Irrelevant. I'm, I'm, I'm so Mister Irrelevant. I'm I'm going between two. One we're going to be reviewing in February. The other one comes out I think in December. I'm going to go with the one that's not as well known. I'm going to go Nightmare Alley by Guillermo del Toro, starring Bradley Cooper and Kate Blanchett. Um, Guillermo del Toro, it's his first movie, I believe, since Shape of Water. I could be wrong. I know I'll get a fact check on that. But I'm excited with him and this duo that initially was, this movie was supposed to eventually, uh, I mean, excuse me, was initially supposed to have Leo as the star. Yes, And the script was so good. Leo said, I want to be the star of this movie. And he had to leave due to, uh, I, I think he was just double booked or something like that, or he just left the project. But instead we have Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper is hungry for an Oscar, bro. Like he is so hung- coming off a star is born in, uh, in that directorial debut. And then also in his performance as lead actor, obviously one of the most talented dudes on the planet. He's on a mission. I think this could be a major Oscar contender that no one's been talking about. I want this movie. I want Nightmare Alley. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro. He's done a couple, like, Troll Hunters and Three Below, uh, just like those series. So, like, those TV series. So, not no movies. Yeah, he, produ- he but... produced a series. He produced something. Right, yes. Um, he's also He also wrote Rich, Witches, you know, the one on HBO Max with Anne Hathaway. He wrote that. Jinkies. Uh, yeah, but, no, I think it's a good pick. He's also doing Pinocchio which has been in the news recently with oh, the casting uh, alongside Tom Hanks. So no nightmare alley, like Bradley Cooper, love him. So I, I he needs to be more stuff. He's also coming out with a movie with Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, soggy bottom. It's untitled right now, but I was debating that one too. That one's going to be great. So that, and that one's about um, uh, it's going to follow Bradley Cooper in the seventies as a child star and on his way up. So I, I think it's a good pick Dr. O. But yeah, it was and like mm-hmm. the other the other pick that I was gonna pick uh, was Cherry, and like Cherry, uh-huh. I, I like the trailers I'm seeing so far. A lot of people aren't love. I mean, like there's also so many other movies. Like next week we're reviewing Malcolm and Marie. No one picked Malcolm and Marie. This is, that's potentially oh, a true. best actor, best actress nominees, and a best picture nominee. Best and it's just part. flying right over our heads. It's just there's so much good. There's such a good selection here in 2021 that I'm just pumped to actually get to these movies. And I'm glad that we got past the little, little things. So we get to the bigger things, huh? How are you? Yeah. Well, before I leave it off our list, we can keep going with honorable mentions. Nez, do you want to hop in? Do you have any more honorable mentions you want to mention? Yeah. I can't believe nobody picked Top Gun. Top Gun I know. Maverick's supposed to come out. I know. So, so when I was I weighing between Space Jam, I was weighing between Space Jam and Top Gun, not the Edgar Wright movie, which I totally missed out on. I completely blew that. Nobody picked Godzilla vs. Kong. Tom I thought you Jerry. would. I, I thought about it. <laughs> I thought Nez was going to pick Godzilla. Oh, Godzilla guy, you are. Uh, I thought about it for sure. Uh, we got uh, the Sponge, a new SpongeBob movie coming out, um, In the Heights, which is an excellent Broadway mm. show that I saw. Um, and going off that, uh, West Side Story and Sing 2. Sing, have, you guys, have you guys seen Sing? <laughs> In theaters, sadly. That, uh, yes. that movie is amazing. 
McConaughey. I love that movie. That's like a, that's a masterpiece. Wow. I was the second one. I'm excited. Wow. McConaughey. Well, okay. yeah, those are my honorable mentions. <laughs> There's uh, a lot. <laughs> no, 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 no. Dr. O, any honorable mentions from you? Many Saints of Newark. It's Sopranos prequel. Mm-hmm. I, I got to see that. Ooh. You got uh, HBO James Max. Gandolfini's son. Uh, yes, Mike Gandolfini starring as young Tony. You got John Bernthal playing his dad, Johnny Boy Soprano. Then you got Vera Farmiga playing Livia Soprano, arguably the worst TV character Ugh. in television history, in small screen history. Also, Blonde, Anna Armas playing uh, Marilyn Monroe, sex icon, Anna Armas. Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. Zack Snyder's Justice League too. Oh wow! If you wanted to say pandering, if someone picked that, that like takes over. I was Twitter. not going to. I was not going to. We didn't talk about the Martian Manhunter, but that shows you one picture, and that was the number one thing trending on Twitter for two days. Like, just shows you the power of that hype. Um, and but no. Sorry, were you going to say that? I was going to say French French Dispatch. Did we talk about that? No, no one picked it. I I, I don't I, love the story. Uh, I, I'm I am not a big Wes Anderson guy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm more and of a then, Paul Thomas Anderson guy. Yeah, yeah. Then Free Guy, and then The Green Knight. Yeah, Green Knight, Death Patel, A24 movie coming out. That's interesting. Um, ugh, I have so many. I, I won't go through them all. I thought Nez F9, Fast and Furious 9. I thought you would pick that for sure. Um, oh God, that's insulting. <laughs> I thought you were a Fast and Furious guy. Um, I never, but, never, ever was. That's okay. insulting to me. Okay, I must yeah. misremember. It's a transporter guy, not a Fast and oh, Furious. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry, sorry. I'm thinking Statham. I hate Fast and Furious. Okay. All right, all right. I take it back. But, um, all right, well, I was rattle through. It's a respectful flavor. No one picked Mission Impossible, the next Mission Impossible movie, the one after Fallout. No one picked that. No, because the mission is clearly not impossible at this point. They keep winning. <laughs> Okay, okay. Um, now I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> All right. Candyman, Jordan Peele movie with Yaya, or Jordan Peele writing, Yaya starring. Um, the Last Duel, the reconnect, the rekindling with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, the first movie they've written since Goodwill Hunting, and Ridley Scott's directing with uh, Adam Driver in it. That was up I for me. That one, yeah. Um, Those Who Wish Me Dead, the one, uh, it's a Taylor Sheridan movie who's known for neo-westerns like Hell or High Water and Wind River. Uh, that one has Angelina Jolie, John Bernthal, Nicholas Hurst. Like, Wind River. Yeah, Tyler Perry's in that one, so I can't wait for that. Uh, Deep Water, that's the one with Ana de Armas and Ben Affleck, first started their love. Um, and I think Dr. Rowe here has some explaining to do with Card Counter. He didn't pick that, which is starring uh, Oscar Isaac. Oscar so, Isaac. Yeah. So I'm shocked he didn't pick that. Um, but yeah, and Gucci. Gucci's the other one where Adam Driver is playing. Um, yeah, everyone knows Gucci, the fashion design, the grandson of the founder of that. And he's like, Lady Gaga. Yeah, Lady Gaga's in that. Another Ridley Scott movie. So there's a lot of movies, obviously. Before I read them out, any other ones? I know we said so many. Sorry, read, sorry listeners. It's hard to keep track there. Shang-Chi. Black Widow. Elvis movie. Now oh, push to 2022. Wow, all right. That would have caused some disruption if someone picked that. I, w- I would have picked it because Tom Hanks, Austin Butler, mm. not a bad deal. Kingsman movie. Uh, people are looking forward to that as well. Okay, so just to read it real quick to wrap this up, Nez, you have Dune, Judas and the Black Messiah, Space Jam 2, Suicide Squad, and A Quiet Place 2. Ricky Flicks has Spider-Man 3, Don't Worry, Worry Darling, Last Night in Soho, No Sudden Move, and the unbearable weight of massive talent. 
Dr. O, you have Don't Look Up, No Time to Die, Eternals, The Northman, and Nightmare Alley. What do we think, boys? I think I got a good list. I think I could have I put the ice, like a cherry on top if I had uh, cherry, but I did not do so. But I'm happy with my list. It's what I'm most excited for, to be honest. Good one. Good one. Yeah. Yeah, I think I missed, I think I missed out with uh, Last Night in Solo, Soho, but I think overall my list is, uh, is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I think if you listen to the episode, I think mine is awesome. But if yeah, you don't you're, listen, you're pitching. You're, it's a sales pitch every time you make. A well, pick. I think people like, we haven't gotten a trailer yet for the unbearable weight of massive talent, and that's coming out March nineteenth. They got to know yet. So, so th- you're right. Like people are gonna look at your graph and be like, "What the hell are you talking about?" But if you listen to the podcast, you're like, "Oh, Nicholas Cage like auditioning to be in a Tarantino movie," and then Pedro Pascal like you gotta listen to it. Yeah, but uh, so you tell your friends to listen to the pod. But that routes out the top billing for most anticipated movies of 2021. I'll throw it back over to Nez. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you all for listening. Uh, That will conclude this episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Uh, Before we go, please just remember to follow us on all our social media platforms. At the Drive-In Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The Drive-In on Facebook and YouTube. And check out our blog on a daily basis on thedriveinpod.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we will smell you.